And we're back. Happy fall, Caitlin. And a lovely autumnal equinox to you, Roxy. <laughs> the last time I saw you, we were at a speed dating event. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> How can I forget the night I ended up eating chicken fingers at a table in the back of a bar in Midtown? The night of our lives. <laughs> a dozen rounds of five-minute conversations with strangers works up an appetite. For real. From Religion News Service, this is Saved by the City, a podcast from two single Christian women having fun and also weird times in New York City. I'm Caitlin Beatty. And I'm Roxy Stone. I'm Paul Brandeis Rauschenbusch. This week on The State of Belief. I felt like if anyone was going to be speaking up, It was going to have to be somebody like me. Faithful conversations around sexual orientation and gender identity in Texas with Auburn Peterson of Another Story. Also, getting ready for the 2024 vote with Adam Friedman, organizing an election strategist at Interfaith Alliance. The State of Belief, where religion and democracy meet. Distributed by Religion News Service Podcasts and available on your favorite podcast app. What did you think of the speed dating event? (laughs) Aside from the chicken fingers, which were actually pretty good, I will say. I'm happy to hear it. It was better than I thought it would be Mm -hmm. for a lot of reasons. Now, our listeners don't know this, but you asked me to go with you. I did. I thought you'd enjoy it. I had been once before and um, I had talked to you a little bit about it and I was like, let's do it again and you should come. And you just kind of signed up and um, it's it an age range. And then you, then you get there and they assign you to a table. And then like the women sit on kind of the inside and the men sit on the outside. And then mm-hmm. every five minutes they ding a bell and the men rotate to the next woman. And then you have five minutes to have a conversation with the next person that sits down next to you. So I guess one thing I, as you're describing it, one thing I'm realizing that I liked about it is that it's structured and Mm. it's like taken care of for you. Yeah. (laughs) The organizers have created the structure. They're keeping track of the time. They, They gave us these little sheets where we could write down people's names and like identifying details. Hopefully no one wrote like, boring conversationalist. (laughs) Um, There was one person who at the end of it, I didn't write it down right away. And so I had to go back and write it down like after one conversation. And I literally couldn't remember any of the details. I was like, oh no, that's why they have you write it down. And maybe also the fact that you couldn't remember any details was your answer. That was the sign. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I liked the structure. I liked that, you know, of course you're going to have a range of enjoyable conversations or not. There were some real awkward conversations. Yes. but And some good ones. Yeah. Like, how bad can a five-minute conversation be? Because even if it's like pulling out a tooth, it's only going to be for five more minutes. (laughs) Right. Like, whereas you think about online dating, and maybe you've messaged with somebody for, I mean... 
as these things go, maybe weeks, you know? Yeah. And then, and everything seems good. And then you meet in person and you realize, oh my gosh, like this is so awkward. Within five minutes. But but then you're locked in yeah. for at least the next hour. And, and you've, you've already like, wasted a bunch of time. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So no, I, I didn't go in thinking I'm probably going to meet my spouse right. tonight. Right. <laughs> I think going in with specifically low or sober expectations mm-hmm. is good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I so much preferred it to swiping on the apps. I agree. I think that's, it's confined to one night. You meet quite a few people. Also, like like the apps, you know that everybody's there to date. Like, mm-hmm. these conversations are specifically for for one reason you know it's not mm-hmm. which is you know if you go to a lot of parties or get togethers or whatever like you don't know you know you, you there's small talk there's all this you know some people you talk to for a while and then you find out oh, they've got a girlfriend or you know or oh they're not interested in dating or whatever you know you, so people go there with a motivation and that kind of clears the air about mm-hmm. like what it is that you're there for and i do think that's kind mm-hmm. of nice about it and that's something that the apps give you, but then they come with all of the baggage that we've talked about on a number of episodes. Yeah. I mean, maybe this is assuming too much. I kind of assume if a guy that was within our age range at the event is there, mm-hmm. I kind of assume that he is there because he wants to be in a dating relationship. Right. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but right, if he's doing the work of showing up, and right. meeting all these women, I figure like you're probably interested in an actual relationship. Mm-hmm. And so that was clarifying or just kind of reassuring because mm-hmm. even on the apps, you're not always sure what people are looking for. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I suppose you can just ask, like, why are you on here? What do you hope to get out of this? But I will say, I know that you and I like debriefed a little bit afterwards as we mm-hmm. were walking to the subway. But it was really nice to have that attention. Mm-hmm, I know. It really was. <laughs> because I couldn't remember the last time where I was in a social setting where men were interacting with me in such a way that I knew they are right. interested in getting to know me as a potential romantic partner. Yeah. And also, I hate to say it, but it's also one of... I can't remember the last time I was in a room where the men and the women were at about the same number. Like most of my social circles is way more women than men. And like, that's just part of that's like the nature of church too. Like there's just more Mm -hmm. single women than men there. Um, Mm -hmm. certainly than straight men. And so it's like just kind of a, an interesting, it was nice. It was nice to be like, Oh, like (laughs) there are guys here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, and they are they are here precisely because they want to meet yes. people of the opposite sex. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. Like I that's the reason why I can't recall the last time. It's because it's probably been since like college or mm-hmm. at least in my 20s that I would have been in a space where there were tons of single people who were like more or less even numbers. Right. Right. So, Maybe that's a thing we should examine at some point on this podcast. <laughs> Why are... Creating our own dating service? 
oh yeah, maybe. Um, I was I was gonna say let's talk about the the social issues that have led the pews to be full of more women than men, but mm-hmm. we could do that too. Start a dating <laughs> service. <laughs> so at the end of the speed dating, we were all supposed to add a check mark to anybody who we had met who we were mm-hmm. interested right. in seeing again. You know, the organizers took our sheets, and then anybody who like if two people mutually checked each other. Mm-hmm. They got each other's email addresses. Mm-hmm. I got one guys. I have not followed up with him. He has not followed up with me. Oh. So was it worth it? Um and did you match with somebody and did you meet up with him? So I did match with someone um but I haven't met up and I don't know if I will or not. Um, which I feel a little bad about. So the last time I went, um, I actually met someone after the speed dating, like at the mixer, because there's like a mixer afterwards. And, you know, it ultimately didn't lead to anything. But so so I, in part, I went into it like with an experience of some success from the time before. So, you know, I think it's probably a mixed experience. Did you think it was worth it? Would you do it again? I would definitely do it again because it was just fun. Yeah. You know, like, even if I don't end up meeting up with somebody or like, nobody adds me to their check marks or whatever, like, it was just, it was really, it was fun to be in a space where you're mingling and meeting new people and enjoying that attention and like going with a wing woman. Mm-hmm. So much more fun than swiping. Yeah. Like, I would say Saturday night on a summer weekend in New York, seven and a half out of ten. Yeah. Like a, pre- yeah, like right. a pretty good Saturday night, <laughs> all things considered. And it ended with chicken fingers, like, as all special nights in New York do. All right. Well, in the spirit of our speed dating night, and because we might have some new listeners to the podcast after our summer celebrity edition series, I thought mm-hmm. we should do our own quick round of get to know you. Even though we already know each other. Right. Well, what is friendship if not a lifetime of learning about each other? <laughs> That's beautiful. All right. All right. Here we go. Who's going to go first? Uh, I'll go first. All right. And start. Caitlin. Hi. Where'd you grow up? How would you describe your hometown's vibes? Oh, that's a really good question. Thanks, Roxy. Um, (laughs) I'm such a Midwesterner. I grew up in Dayton, Ohio. Mm. And I would describe the vibes as... (laughs) suburban highway sprawl, but friendly, you know, Uh like not quite a small town feel, but friendly people as most Midwesterners are. What's the best place you've ever traveled to? Oh, switching gears a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Several years ago, I went to Morocco and I would Mm. say that that's the coolest place I've ever traveled to in part because we did like a desert excursion. So we spent the group that I was with, we spent like three and a half days in the desert. We went 
on Camelback to get there. And then we were in like the big mm. Bedouin tents. And there was a sandstorm one day. So we couldn't even like, you couldn't see very far in front of you. It was pretty cool. And the stars, the stars were epic mm. every night. Yeah. That's amazing. It was really neat. I loved it. You must have an adventurous spirit. I do. I have an adventurous spirit, but I also, you know, I also like to stay home and chill and mm-hmm. watch a good movie. Kind of into the Rings of Power series right now. Mm. Yeah. What about you? What brought you to New York City? Uh, or maybe even more importantly, what's made you stay in New York City? What brought me to New York City is that I needed to get out of a place where I was very comfortable mm-hmm. <laughs> and knew a number of people who lived in New York, including yourself, mm-hmm. and felt confident that I could make the leap to New York and find like a social network, but also that I would really be stretched and I really wanted to be stretched. Mm-hmm. New York will do um, that. Yeah. What has made me stay? I mean... I could talk about like, oh, the culture, the parks, the restaurants. Um, I don't feel like the city is done with me yet. You know, like Mm -hmm. I I feel like I have more to learn about faith and myself and living in community that I haven't learned yet. So I want to learn. I want to stay to learn those things. I did not expect to go this deep on a speed dating event. Oh my gosh. <laughs> People say that to me all the time. You know, I just, I think, I think I just like to go deep. I don't, I don't do well with small talk, you know? No, no. <laughs> I know. Um, okay. What, what are you excited about right now in your life? Oh, wow. What a great question. Um, well, I have this cool podcast that I do uh, with a friend. <laughs> this is becoming so and... meta. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love fall. So I'm always excited about fall. And um, mm. I don't like pumpkin spice things very much, though it's too sweet. Mm-mm. But I do really like... This is my favorite time of year to go for hikes. And I really love mm-hmm. hiking. And heading upstate on the train on a Saturday... Going for a hike, getting some apple cider donuts. That's what I'm excited about right now is apple cider donuts. What about you? What is something like outside of work that you love to do that I might find surprising or unexpected or I wouldn't guess? Mm. Well, weirdly enough, I also have a podcast. It's like, it's, no isn't that weird? So we should like swap notes sometime. Yeah. Um, I, um, I've not been since before the pandemic, but I love to karaoke. (gasps) And actually to bring this full circle, I met a guy at the mixer event at (laughs) speed dating event uh, a few weeks ago who he led with the statement. I love karaoke and I go multiple times a week. I don't know if this man is a good match for me, (laughs) but I am hoping that he and I go karaokeing together because it's hard to go by yourself. Like you do need to go with other people. So, okay. So what is stopping this from happening? We had a confusing text thread. Okay. But I'm going to try again because I'm going to try again next weekend. Good. 
Okay. <laughs> Report back. Our five minutes are up, but uh, I feel so much closer to you now. We have a lot in common. I'd love to like get to know you better. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. I love that you love karaoke, Caitlin. I'm happy for you about that. Um, <laughs> and I hope you find someone besides me to go with. Um, and we're going to get into this topic of hobbies, fun excursions, fun just all around. How, how to build more fun into our lives as adults. Exactly. We're going to talk about that with Annie Downs coming up just after the break. Religion News Service is an independent, award-winning source of global reporting on religion, spirituality, culture, and ethics. Get the dope on the Pope. And if you like what we're doing at Say by the City, let us know. Throw us a rating or review. It goes a long way in getting the word out about the show. Or share this episode with a friend. It's the best way to help us grow and connect with new listeners. You can also email us at sbtcpodcast at religionnews.com. We'd love to hear from you. I'm Paul Brandeis Rauschenbusch. The State of Belief is a weekly podcast with a potent mix of spiritual wisdom, political strategy, and hopeful commentary in a series of inspiring conversations, celebrating our diversity, and bringing us together to, in the words of the great James Baldwin, achieve our country. The State of Belief, where religion and democracy meet. Distributed by Religion News Service Podcasts and available on your favorite podcast app. Today, we're joined by a super fun friend, the New York Times bestselling author, Annie F. Downs, to talk about her new book, Chase the Fun, 100 Days to Discover Fun Right Where You Are. In addition to being a fun coach, Annie is also the founder of the That Sounds Fun Podcast Network. Welcome to the show, Annie. Hey, Annie. <gasps> what an honor. Thank you. So, Annie, as Caitlin and I were kind of prepping for this interview and talking about it, we were trying to figure out, like, how do you even talk about fun? Like, if you have to explain a right. joke to somebody, is it really funny? And similarly, like, if you have to define fun, is it really fun? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I think I think one of the things that's easy for us, if instead of asking ourselves to define fun now, is if instead you go, what did you think was fun as a kid? Because that actually mm. defines it for you, right? Because because you may say soccer or you may say playing the flute or you may say running around outside or riding my bike. But the deeper thing below that is you go, man, I loved how free I felt when I was on my bicycle. Or like mm -hmm. I loved how quiet my house got when I, mm -hmm. when I was the only one playing the flute and how peaceful it was. Right. And mm -hmm. so I think a lot of times when we're trying to define fun, instead of putting ourselves straight to that, if we go, what did I think as a kid? Often mm -hmm. the answer shows up for us. Yeah. Something where you totally lost track of yourself. Yes. You, like I'm forgetting about myself. I'm just in the flow of the thing. Yes. And so what was something that you did as a child when you look back that was like, I know I was having fun. Yeah. This is, this is besides maybe, I, I doubt you were watching soccer as an eight-year-old. No, no, no. Although I was maybe playing, you were, but. I was playing it. I was doing that. Mm. But you know, I mean, Caitlin, this is really funny. One of my strongest childhood memories of feeling the most at peace was sitting on the porch with my grandmother, like snapping green beans. 
right? And mm. and when I think about the the time I've written about it, what I said is that it, I remember thinking about nothing. And mm. you and I both know our lives do not allow us to think about nothing ever, mm-hmm. really, or very mm-hmm. often. And so I can't go back and grab that whole experience now. But what I can do on like a Saturday morning is work on a puzzle in my house while mm. while I'm listening to a um, album or listening to a podcast or listening to a book. And that's about as close as I get to thinking about nothing. So I'm not trying Mm -hmm. to go back and capture those old experiences. I'm trying Mm -hmm. to identify the feelings and the the childhood wonder part of it and find out how to invite that into today. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so let me ask y'all, because one of my favorite things I do is called fun coaching. I've made it up. I know. It's still in my head. But if I was fun coaching both of you, the first thing I would say to you is, what is one thing you remember from your childhood that you thought was really fun? Oh, I have. That's easy for me. I mean, I had a lot of fun as a kid. I had a really fun childhood, so I'm grateful for that. But um, my parents, um, they're public school teachers, but they had the summers off from school, so they um, owned and operated like a marina on a lake during the summer. And so we would move mm. and like live on the lake during the summer. And so all growing up every summer, I had just this kind of magic experience of being on the water and being very free as you sort of use, you use that word. But I yeah. we used to like go swimming a lot. We'd go, we'd get up and we'd go water skiing or we'd go fishing before the marina would open. And then you know, my mm-hmm. parents would like always have a campfire in the evenings and we like lived on the campground. Um, so it was just, it was so fun and so freeing. And some of my, like my favorite childhood memory is like w- being on the boat and watching my dad water ski behind me, like at sunset. So he would be like, <laughs> yeah. he was like silhouetted against the sun and he would like spray up these water crystals that would like dazzle in the sunlight. It was pretty great. This is just Beautiful. a whole mesmerizing experience. <laughs> <I> no. <know. laughs> and then Roxy discovered the meaning of life <laughs> as a seven year old. <laughs> I don't mean to be just picking off, piggybacking off of Roxy, but it's gotten me thinking about one, I was in Girl Scouts, so camping, going mm-hmm. on camping trips, and singing very silly songs yeah. with the other girls around a campfire. And like staying up too late and singing Ace of Bass songs. Yes. Which were like, I just have a very vivid memory of singing Ace of Bass together, which kind of gives you the time that that was in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I had so much fun in all sorts, any, all of the bands that I was in. Like, I was a band geek throughout high school, but like marching band and symphonic band, it was so fun to create music with other people. It's one of my actual like I, biggest regrets, Caitlin, is when I was in eighth grade, when we were deci- when we were going to high school, like that spring, I played French horn. And I remember standing in the hallway and one of my friends, you were lined up to go audition for high school orchestra, band, or chorus. And the girl standing mm. behind me said, what are you going to do? I said, oh, I'm going to go play French horn. And she said, you know, it's not cool to be in the band, right? And I was like, what? Because oh, no. I was the oldest kid in my family. I didn't know what a GPA was. I didn't know how high school worked at all. 
And so I said, oh, okay. And she goes, come do chorus with me. And I quit the French horn right there. And I regret it so much. I think I would. And and so now even like my season tickets at our uh, local theater, I sit by myself in the balcony because I want to see the French horn player and the stage. I mean, I love it. But man, I regret. I regret not just liking what I liked. Mm. That's so funny. Well, that goes back to the self-forgetfulness thing yes. where you're not thinking about how other people are perceiving you when you're mm. doing the thing. You're just in it so deeply. Yes. Um, well, we were definitely not cool in band. She was right about that. <laughs> but, but we <laughs> had a blast. But like in the long run, were you? I mean, was it? Who cares? Like, it yeah, is one of those right. where you kind of go like, we were cool to each other. There was still a hierarchy in the band, right? There was still a coolness <laughs> hierarchy inside the band. And so you kind of go like, man, when you look back on life, the ones, the people now that I'm friends with that I think are the coolest long term in their lives are the ones who have liked what they like and have yeah. not let mm-hmm. like culture or the girl behind mm-hmm. them in, in the hallway in eighth grade say what mm-hmm. you could do with your high school life. I feel like the funny, I feel like the the odd man out here and that my regret is probably staying in band all the way through my senior <gasps> year. Say why, Roxy? What'd you play? Because I was not good at it. And I'm just like not a super <laughs> musical person. And I am glad like I learned how to read music and all of that. But I had way more fun doing other things. And then band was sort of like this yeah. extra stressor that I just felt like I had to be in because it was important Mm -hmm. for whatever like it was a small school so it kind of felt like you had to be in everything yeah but you know I even Mm. chose like I chose the simplest instrument which is like the baritone the basically the tuba because it just goes boom 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 so it's like very easy you know (laughs) actually the triangle is the easiest I don't know I love picturing you playing a trombone, right? Like the no, big, no, the big, oh, yeah, the tuba, it. like the it was, big, yeah, it was, yeah. But oh, even, yeah. Just, yeah. but yeah. even still, you're yeah. so, you're so petite. Yeah. There was a girl in our band who was like four foot nine and carried the tuba around, and I think she had back <laughs> well, problems. I, I liked that it made me odd. You know, I was like, I'm going to choose the least yeah. feminine instrument here. So, yeah, Caitlin, what'd you play? So that, I played mallet percussion. <gasps> Cool. Like marimba, oh, yeah. xylophone. It was it was so fun. Like I I will occasionally have like literal dreams where I'm playing it, and I'll wake up and I'll feel so sad that I don't get Aww. to play it anymore. Okay, do you know what? Though? I am- <laughs> this is this is why fun coaching is so fun because do you realize you do the exact same thing with your life now that you did in that band? You set a beat and you tell us what that beat is and you tell us when we're off beat. It is what you do. You are still doing it. I mean, it's just amazing. It's like you have one gift, this one beautiful gift that God put in you that played out Mm. in band then and it plays out as a grown-up now. And Roxy, the same is true Mm. of you. You hold big things for us. (laughs) I mean, you you Mm. do. You hold big things for us. And so you can see it. That's why fun matters, right? That's why all this matters. And, And and that's why the French horn was great for me because it is the it is the harmony, right? Mm. I'm not trying to be the melody. I love being the harmony. And so, Caitlin, mm. as you and I know, what we're talking about when things are not harmonious, I really struggle mm-hmm. because the theme mm-hmm. of my life is hoping to be part of the harmony. And so mm. we even all three in our fun thing that we picked picked one that really goes along with why God put us on the planet. Mm. Okay, mm-hmm. this fun coaching thing is cool. When, 
I like it. I was going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> when can we start? No. Like when you're, when people are, when people are coming to you, they find out that you do. I don't know if you have like yeah. a formal no, no, website no, 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 or something no, no, no. or if it's just word of mouth. But if people are like, I think I could get fun coaching from Annie. Why are they, what are they looking for? Is it like, I don't know how to have fun anymore and yeah. I just need more of it in my life, but I don't know how to access it. And then if that's true, like what, what do you think prevents people from, what is typically preventing people from finding fun yeah. in their life? Yeah. So the, most of the time we do it live at live events. Mm. And then sometimes on the podcast, we'll bring people on and fun coach them. And then when I'm talking to my friends like this, so there isn't mm -hmm. like a website you can sign up, but you're right, Kaylin. The, the big question is how do I have fun when fill in the blank, mm -hmm. when my life is this busy, mm -hmm. when I'm grieving, when I don't remember how to have fun. It is, it is, I have lost this thing. Please help me find mm. it. And, mm. and, and it's a really beautiful thing because it always tells people significantly nor, more about their lives than they realize when we talk about what is fun to mm. them. And so it's just this moment of like, I mean, when you get to have a conversation with someone about like, not only how do I have fun when I'm grieving, but how dare I have right. fun when I'm grieving, right. then there's this mm -hmm. really deep like, yeah, what does culture tell us versus what do our bodies tell us we need? Mm -hmm. And how mm -hmm. do we do that? And so a lot of times, mm -hmm. I mean, y'all, it's so moving. Do you have time for me to tell you mm -hmm. one story about it? It's yeah. really, okay. Mm -hmm. I was doing it. I was doing a conversation like this with a guy on the radio in Cal in um, Canada. And I said to him, what'd you do for fun as a kid? And he says, uh, actually, I used to get all the kids in the neighborhood together and I would direct them like a choir. And I was like, what <laughs> are you telling me that everyone got off the bus and put their book bag in their house and grabbed their cheese and crackers and came outside and pretended to be a choir? That's hilarious. And I said to him, I mean, very simply, I said to him, so do you still do that? Do you still sing in a choir or anything? And he starts crying and he's like, mm -hmm. I think I should get in a choir. And I was like, I think. I, I think you should based on your tears. Wow. Like I just think it implies that because everybody loved something when the, we were young and we've let it go mm -hmm. for one reason or another. And some of them we have to like you can, most people that are 60 aren't still skateboarding. Right. Right. Like, but dangerous. what is it about <laughs> skateboarding? Right. Is it going fast? Right. Is it the, is it the wind? Is it, what is it? Is it the risk? You know? Mm. So it's, it's, I can't, no. You're saying I can't play Roller Coaster Tycoon on my computer for six hours a day anymore. I am saying you're allowed but... to do 30 minutes if you can find it <laughs> on some Reddit that still has it downloadable. Oh, I, bet, I bet I can. That's how I feel about um, Duke Nukem. If I could go back and get Duke Nukem back on my <laughs> on my desktop. <laughs> but maybe, yeah, so that's not, it doesn't feel like a great use of time, but maybe figuring out like what was what the was thing it? behind mm -hmm. the thing. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's right. Was it getting lost in a world of creativity? Yes. Was it like overseeing something? Was it rescuing was it someone? Some... Was it? Yeah. I mean, there's so many questions to ask. What did I, why did I love what I loved? Mm -hmm. Fun isn't frivolous. Like right. it is actually something so core to what we were, what we're created for, especially what we're for, created for together. Yes. Like I, I wonder if so much of what we're missing when we're thinking about wanting more fun is actually wanting to have mm. fun with other people and yes. we've lost the capacity to do that or spaces where it still feels 
acceptable or normal if yes. you're an adult. Yes, I'm actually having a realization while I'm sitting here with you because a couple of years ago I picked soccer back up and started mm-hmm. playing, but I wasn't playing on a team. I treated it as my exercise, mm. so I hired like a a trainer who does sports training. He like trains soccer players, and I'm realizing as you're talking, Caitlin, the reason I didn't love it as much as I love soccer is I yeah. was by myself. Yeah, I was doing drills, yeah. mm. you know. Um, and I'll tell you the other time people really have a stop about fun is they go, the yes. world is too hard. We do not get to use our time this way. Or people of faith, this is not, I mean, people of faith like being together, have fun, but they're also like, hey, fun is this thing that we can't, we have to, that has to come after eight mm-hmm. other things. And mm. and especially as a Christian or especially as a person of faith, it matters to me to do the serious things yeah, first. you're jumping right to my and, next question, mm-hmm. which is literally, do you think Christians okay. are uniquely bad at having fun? That's a great way to phrase it. No one's asked it like that, Roxy. That makes me so happy. <laughs> are we uniquely bad? I think we are uniquely bad at um, at risking. Mm. Yes. I think we're uniquely hmm. bad at risking in these kind of ways. I think we'll risk to be missionaries. Mm-hmm. And I think we'll risk to do to serious things. But I think... Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. But, but I don't... I think we're uniquely bad at saying like... Why um, fun is is a thing that I don't need to make space and time for. And if I do, what if Mm -hmm. I'm sinning or what if I do this Mm -hmm. wrong and what if it hurts Mm -hmm. some something me or someone else? So, yeah, I think that's Mm -hmm. a really interesting way to phrase it. And I think that's a real possibility. But what I'm hoping people I I mean, one of the joys of of us all doing hopefully what Paul says of like run the race marked out for Mm -hmm. you (laughs) is my race is is to talk about these things and say to people, I promise you it matters that this be an active part of a healthy lifestyle mm-hmm. with God. And and mm-hmm. and Jesus, I mean, kids loved Jesus. Kids don't love people That's who true. aren't fun. Right? Like mm-hmm. he he had it in him. And so you you mm-hmm. look at that and you look at stories of Jesus. I would pay anything if an Enneagram seven would have written one of the gospels. I think we'd have had a whole bunch of stories <laughs> that we don't have. <laughs> And then he was like, whoa. Right. And then he was like, what? And then we went here and we saw this thing. So much and then, yeah, 100%. Here's what was funny. Here's what we ate. Uh-huh. That's exactly right, Roxy. Here's what yeah. was on the table. Right. I mean, exactly I think right. about, you know, a couple of things when I think about Christians. I think about like sort of the the puritanical instinct of if it's fun, it's sinful. Yeah. Um, mm. Or just, you know, yeah. sort of writing off so many things that are pleasurable in life as sinful. And then I think about yes. the work ethic that sort of was behind that of like you working hard is, is the, is the mm-hmm. good virtue, you know, fun is lazy or fun is selfish or yes. I also think a little bit about our eschatology, this idea that like this life isn't where we're supposed to, like this life is about mm. sacrifice, evangelizing, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, the yeah. next yeah. life is when it's mm-hmm. going to be good. And that's heaven. That's yes. for heaven. But like, we're not yes. supposed to focus on that in this life. We're supposed to focus on, following God, obeying God, making disciples. What are some tips you have for like a, you know, a mundane Wednesday night, yeah. this episode is going to come out on Wednesday. I don't know about our listeners or you all, but I think of weekdays as like, no, I, I still need to get through the work week. The fun comes later. And then by the time you get to the weekend, you're too tired and you have laundry to do. Yes. So you're really good, Annie, about saying you have to mm-hmm. be intentional yeah. about finding fun and prioritizing it. So like standard Wednesday night, 
How do we go find fun? Yeah, I think you're doing the first thing you're doing is the best thing of going. I can find fun on a standard Wednesday night. It does not have to be big and expensive and a week long Mm -hmm. vacation. Right. Like it can be because because what this happened to me last night. I had like 40 minutes between the first thing and the last thing. And I had and I wanted to go on a walk. And I kept saying to myself, "Uh, you don't have time to go on a walk. It's really hot today. And I was like go on a 20 minute walk. You don't have to go on a Mm -hmm. 90 minute walk, Annie, go on a 20 minute walk. Mm -hmm. And that matters. And so even in a discipline that I care about, that I know makes me healthier and actually connects me to God and to myself, I was having to say to myself, you can find that in this window of time that you have today. And I actually think a lot of people that we need to treat fun like that too, of going like, man, Mm -hmm. get out a puzzle and work on it for 20 minutes and get one of those mats that rolls it up so you don't have to leave it on your dining room table till you're done unless you want to or you know get in the kitchen and make something sit and read a book for 20 minutes our friend y'all know Laura Tremaine Laura mm-hmm. does this beautiful thing where she on her Instagram where she'll say okay we're gonna read for 20 minutes and she goes live and she points her camera at a fish pond and invites people to sit there and mm-hmm. read with her for 20 minutes like that that's mm-hmm. what I think that's the invitation Kayla of going like on a Wednesday night, how can you spend 20 minutes? I, I was talking to uh, some teacher friends of mine, and they were the one in charge kind of said, like, I'm trying to help my staff have more fun. And I was like, just try every guacamole <gasps> in your city. Just try every guacamole and just like see, right? And that is like not hard to go, hey, let's go for 30 minutes to a happy hour and rate the guacamole at this Mexican place, right? Like it's finding little things Mm -hmm. like that that make good Mm -hmm. memories, that connect you with people, Mm -hmm. that connect you with yourself, that are going to be part of the healthy lifestyle. It's part of the healthy lifestyle Mm -hmm. I want to live. It's like a spirit of discovery. Yeah, that's and, beautiful. That's right. And yeah. you don't have to spend a ton of money and you don't have to plan it weeks in advance. It's like, and we, you know, Roxy and I live in a place where you can walk out of your apartment building and like find crazy things un- totally unexpected around yeah. the corner. Yeah, I think it's, so. I saw you say that on Instagram, uh, Caitlin, where you were like, my place, yeah. I've got these great bagel places right it's out true. the door. <laughs> and I was like, that's awesome that like there are these, and we can all yeah. find something right where we are. I know. I just, Sorry, I think it's like, it's mm-hmm. discovery and it's mm-hmm. being open to delight, which I feel like is, I can go on a walk and yeah. just walk and that's all it is. But if I go on a walk and I'm like open to being delighted by a squirrel, by a flower, by the smell of bagels. Like, I mean, I think there's a lot of things like that too, that it's just a little bit of like getting out of our heads. But yeah, that's beautiful. That's right. And it's not frivolous. When you have those experiences, you realize that you come back Mm -hmm. feeling totally restored. You're like, Oh, I did. I was thirsty for this thing and I didn't realize it until I got the thing. Yes. That's why I almost moved there with you guys all the time. Cause I'm like, I want to smell bagels. I want to walk outside and be amazed. Thank you so much for being, I mean, as expected, a fun conversationalist, Annie, and for helping us just remember the importance of fun. Y'all are kind. Thanks for having me on. Anytime it gets to be with friends, it's the most fun part of the day. So I'm thrilled. This is when I look back on today, this sounded fun to me. This was it. Thank you. Saved by the City is a religion news service production. The producer is Jay Woodward, and the consulting editor is Paul O'Donnell. We get production assistance from Elizabeth Joy Witham. Chaz Rousseau put together our look, and Martin Fowler wrote our theme music. We are Roxy Stone. And Caitlin Beatty. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening.